You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Weekly, the T-Biz Podcast and T-Biz Blog offer business insights on the news that most impacts the tea industry. Paired with Tea Journey Magazine for tea enthusiasts, the T-Biz Portal is a global resource providing nuanced coverage for everyone who loves tea. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Black Friday lives up to its name as U.S. shoppers set in-store and online sales records. The U.N. inscribes two tea traditions on its list of intangible cultural heritage items of humanity. And an Australian study shows elderly women benefit from tea flavonoids. Plus, T-Biz travels to Tucson, Arizona for the grand opening of a 2,200-square-foot combination tea shop, tea room, warehouse, and online fulfillment center. Andrew McNeil, business development director at Seven Cups Fine Chinese Tea, says that stay-at-home tea drinkers experimenting with specialty teas are eager to share the experience of tea discovery face-to-face. More in a minute. But first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. Retailers celebrated as shoppers returned to storefronts in large numbers during the five shopping days ending Monday. The National Retail Federation estimated 198 million U.S. shoppers splurged on holiday gifts, continuing a strong October. According to the Commerce Department, total household spending was $17.7 trillion, with personal spending up 0.8% over September. According to Adobe Analytics, online sales during the five-day Thanksgiving period grew 4% to $35.4 billion, but the number of online shoppers increased by only 2% compared to 2021. NRF estimates that 130 million consumers shopped online through Cyber Monday. That was enough to set a new Cyber Monday sales record of $11.3 billion, up 5.8% compared to 2021. 
Online shoppers spent $5.3 billion on Thanksgiving and $9.1 billion on Black Friday. At a press conference, NRF President and CEO Matthew Shea told reporters that the number of in-store shoppers, quote, reflects pent-up demand for traditional in-person experiences. Black Friday weekend in the past signaled the start of the biggest shopping season of the year, but in 2022, the shoppers started early, making it the midpoint of this year's holiday sales. In economic news, the U.S. government revised the total value of third-quarter goods and services upward to 2.9% growth for the year. GDP was initially estimated at 2.6%. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, personal consumption expenditures, the CPI, rose 6% in October compared to October 2021. Overall inflation, which includes food and energy, grew by 0.3% in October, following a 0.3% September increase. The U.S. Federal Reserve indicated it would be less aggressive in hiking interest rates as a result. Employment remains high, with many jobs unfilled despite increasing tech sector layoffs. Personal income due to reduced hours of employment and layoffs is a factor, but high inflation is why everyone is complaining that they're short on cash. Wages increased 6.7% in September in the U.S., but at 8.2%, inflation grew faster. Rent, utilities, and transportation costs are to blame, with groceries the most painful reason for cutbacks evident at the dinner table. According to BLS, food inflation spiked at 10.9%, but the cost of food eaten at home rising 12.4%. Business Insight Globally, the tea industry is experiencing a slowdown tied to higher food costs, geopolitical disruptions in major markets, including Russia and Iran, and the pandemic's lingering drag on the Chinese economy. Tea remains affordable and plentiful, but inventories are high and home cupboards are filled. Herbal infusions now take a greater market share, and total sales in food service locations remain below 2019 levels. Home consumption rises as food service totals decline. The United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, UNESCO, annually recognizes cultural practices and traditional crafts worthy of safeguarding. This week's inscription ceremony, quote, promotes tolerance and inclusion due to the participation of people from different social groups and fosters mutual respect and appreciation among the individuals and institutions involved, end quote. UNESCO named two tea traditions to the list, citing traditional Chinese tea processing techniques that, quote, entail knowledge, skills, and practices around tea plantation management, tea leaf picking, and manual processing. These are passed on through families and apprenticeships, included by tea producers, farmers, and artists, as well as those who make the pastries that are typically served with tea, end quote. Examples of these practices are authentically depicted in a 10-slide presentation 
and 20-page nomination submitted by the Ministry of Culture and Tourism of the People's Republic of China. UNESCO also inscribed a culture of Kai, a symbol of identity, hospitality, and social interaction. In a joint application submitted in March 2021, Azerbaijan and Turkey described their tea culture as, quote, an essential part of social and cultural life and an important social practice aiming to show hospitality, celebrate important moments in the lives of communities, and to help them build and maintain social relationships and enjoy moments by drinking tea for social exchange and interaction. It also represents knowledge, traditions, and skills linked to cultivating, preparing, and drinking tea by communities in Turkey and Azerbaijan. Traditional techniques used in preparing and harvesting tea led to the development of special tools and vessels, such as teapots, samovars, silver trays, woven tea baskets, and tea plucking shears, end quote. Examples of these techniques and utensils are also depicted in a 10-slide presentation and 20-page nominations submitted by Turkey's Ministry of Culture and Tourism. Both slideshows are quite beautiful and can be viewed on the TBS blog. An Australian study of 800 women with a mean age of 80 suggests notable health benefits from consuming tea daily. The study by researchers at ECU Nutrition and Health Innovation Research Institute showed that elderly tea drinkers from 78 to 80 years of age who consumed flavonoids were 39% less likely to experience abdominal aortic calcification, ACC, a marker of various health risks, according to a news release. The abdominal aorta is the largest artery in the body, transferring oxygenated blood from the heart to the abdominal organs. Calcification is a reliable predictor of susceptibility to heart attack, stroke, and, according to this recent study, cognitive degenerative diseases such as late-life dementia. The cohort of women with no history of cardiovascular complications benefited most from flavonoids in their daily diet. According to researcher Ben Parmenter, tea is only one of many dietary sources of flavonoids. Quote, the main contributors are usually black or green tea, but blueberries, strawberries, oranges, red wine, apples, raisins, grapes, and dark chocolate also provide flavonoids, he said. The peer-reviewed study was published in the journal Arteriosclerosis, Thrombosis, and Vascular Biology. Arvinda and Intheraman in Bengaluru reports on this week's tea auction prices. India Tea Price Report for the week ending 19th November 2022. The Asian Tea Alliance, a partnership between five tea-producing countries and represented by the Indian Tea Association, China Tea Marketing Association, Indonesian Tea Marketing Association, the Sri Lanka Tea Board and Japan Tea Association met for the second summit in Kolkata early this month. The alliance convener was Solidaridad Asia. Nayantara Pal Chaudhary of the Indian Tea Association was appointed as the first woman chairperson of the alliance. 
speaking at the summit, the Indian Union Minister for Commerce, Piyush Goyal, said that there would be more attention on the small-tea-grower segment to ensure and to ensure a safe source of supply to the factories for tea production. In other news, Dansari Group in Assam has bought 40 gardens from the Warren Group. With this, warranty exits the tea plantation business in India. In tea prices, exports picked up in South India with nearly 92% of orthodox and CTC leaf grades sold. Prices for orthodox leaf was up by Rs 10 per kilo. In Kunur, both orthodox leaf and dust grades sold well, with prices slightly up from the previous week. In the north, Kolkata saw strong demand for orthodox tea grades with Middle East and the CIS countries active. And although there was a good demand for Darjeeling, Prices were lower and uh, both Hindustan Unilever and Tata consumer products were active. In Guwahati, there was good demand for both leaf and dust grades and prices were similar to the previous week. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, I'm Bogdan, a passionate tea drinker and the inventor of the ultimate tea machine, the Brewmaker One. Preparation is key to making fine tea. Sequential steepings deliver the best taste possible and unlock the true value of whole leaf teas and botanicals. Brew automates that process without using any pots or capsules. This simple to operate smartphone control device stores steeping profiles to consistently make great tea at the push of a button. Brew also reduces time waste and energy. That's because I engineered the brew to remember control settings for temperature, brewing time and quantity. Using my patented process lets you stack steep simply and conveniently. This week TBiz travels to Tucson, Arizona for the grand opening of a 2,200-square-foot combination tea shop and tea room, warehouse, and online fulfillment center. Andrew McDeal, business development director at Seven Cups Fine Chinese Tea, says that stay-at-home tea drinkers experimenting with specialty teas are eager to share the experience of tea discovery face-to-face. Seven Cups Fine Chinese Tea is typical of well-established shops that survived the pandemic. The direct trade retailer is 20 years old, located in a second-tier city, and generates revenue online and in-store from package sales, tea service, and wholesale supply to coffee shops, cafes, hotels, and restaurants. Packaged tea has fared well since 2019, a spike in sales jam tea cupboards with direct from origin and exotic teas purchased online. The growing consumer preference for better tasting tea favors retailers with quality selections, including herbal infusions. Retailers are remodeling to promote in-store sampling as it encourages social interaction and repeat business among enthusiasts eager to experiment and learn from experts. Seven Cups founder Austin Hodge says, quote, When you enter a traditional tea house in China or Tucson, you step into a cultural experience that separates you from your daily problems. It's a tea house tradition for tea drinkers to be treated with respect and dignity, wherever their outside problems might be. End quote. 
Thanks so much, Andrew, for joining us on the program to share insights about the new shop. Every successful retailer has plans to expand to a new location. What led Seven Cups to relocate? So for us, realizing that we were hitting a point where we were at total capacity, uh, we were sharing the strip mall with several other popular businesses. Great to have the exposure of being next to other popular businesses, but if people can't park there, it, it's a problem. And being there for, for 20 years, uh, we realized that if people hadn't found us yet in this location, it, it, they probably weren't going to find us. We were fortunate in that we had enough of a following, enough of a, a, a unique draw in our local area to where uh, so many people sought us out from far away. Um, we weren't really dependent on, on um, foot traffic to, to, to drive business and awareness. Um, but that said, even being a business that doesn't rely on that, moving to a, a, a location with better visibility, we've seen an enormous response to that. Uh, so location still does matter. Um, you, know, you can do everything right with, say, your social media, tending to your tribe, getting the word out in your community. And these are all great and worthy things to do, but finding the right location uh, that's going to be visible and accessible to your customers can't be substituted for. For us, when we realized that we had to move, this was really about five years ago when we had to start making a plan to get into position to move because we knew we were at capacity. Did you decide to buy or lease? So we moved from, from a renter to a buyer. And of course, it, the advantages of being a renter versus a, a owner are going to depend on the, the area that a business is operating in. in. In our case, in Tucson, we saw pretty strong advantages to being an owner, especially with rents increasing, given the economic climate in the last three years. Um, we, it, was, it, was, it was clearly time. Of course, things are shifting now. They always are. But uh, for us, in terms of uh, favorable lending conditions and um, property valuations here in Tucson, uh, it, was, it was time to move. But that, that said, we, we spent a long time finding the place that we're in. This was a, a sort of a unicorn location. We knew we were, we were looking for something unusual. In our case, we, a big part of what we wanted was to consolidate the business, consolidate both the um, wholesale and online fulfillment under one roof with the tea house itself. Um, so, of course, there's obvious advantages there and efficiencies that can come about from getting your operation under one roof. And uh, the challenge there, of course, is that there's there's very few tea house, restaurant, retail spaces, uh, slash warehouse, office spaces that are all in one building. So you, wow. you have to you have to build a suit to to create something like that. Yeah. And um, so ultimately, the pr the property that that Austin found was an off market building that had been left abandoned since the '80s. It was not listed. Our realtor did uh, say uh, a real favor in, in reaching out to the owners and uh, proposing an offer, starting negotiations that way. And we were, we were fortunate to be able to, to find it and get it and then find a space that would could be reshaped into exactly what we needed. 
COVID created new consumer behaviors leading shops to adapt. Your business does an amazing job educating consumers and introducing them to suppliers and producing regions. Will you talk briefly about how this new shop accommodates online buyers and how you approach teaching with sampling? I think we're we're still in the midst of that change. In in COVID, we've accumulated a lot of stuff. Our uh, consumer experiences have been focused on the home and consumption in the home. Uh, and in, in the individual and the family level. And so uh, we've gone from buying stuff to buying experiences. And so uh, this is, uh, I think, uh, very important, of course, when you're building out a, a retail space is that you're, you're, you're focused on the experience and uh, the experience of the product. This is something that for us, uh, historically, um, it is, has been the case. We've, our tea room in um, the decades past has really been only a small part of our business, but it's been really an integral part of our business uh, because what it is and what it provides is, is, is that experience. And it's, it's a guided experience um, in an environment that's conducive to it. Uh, so when people get to experience the possibility of, of what tea can taste like and what the satisfaction uh, it can provide uh, and when brewed with intentional and beautiful surroundings. This, this is something that ultimately drives a whole customer life cycle um, that we wouldn't have otherwise. As far as parts of our business, the tea room is really just about 10 or 15% of revenue. So it's 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 not it's not a significant part in terms of revenue, but in terms of the marketing power of providing this experience for folks, and in terms of that face to face interaction with your customer, and the feedback that's given back to us as a business, it's invaluable. And so we we saw that we certainly missed that during COVID, and uh, we've seen that now people coming out of the pandemic haze. Uh, uh, an interest in, in, in having that interaction again um, from the consumer side. So we're we're happy to uh, be in the fortunate position of opening a new tea house experience. Uh, you know, at a time when people are are just uh, becoming more comfortable with with coming out and um, and and are seeking uh, such experiences. Of course, that. It's still, it, it, it's it's got to be great. It's got to satisfy those 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 expectations of of a of a uh, experience, both in terms of it's an educational experience, a sensory experience. Tell us about the tasting experience. Tasting is a central part of uh, the experience. There's a tea room, but there's also individual tasting tables. I mean, so these are tables that not a place where people would, would sit down with their own tea, but a place where they would sit down with um, the owners of the shop or some of the uh, staff there uh, just to have a conversation and chat about tea. And um, of course that conversation is sort of an organic educational experience um, where people can come with their own questions and uh, it, that drives the discussions and, the, the whole experience of tasting this tea and understanding the, what's behind it. Um, and it, of course it helps us that that education flows the other way too, because we're understanding how consumers are, are, are enjoying this tea. And 
And and so with with the new store we've built out is places for people to 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 have those conversations in different parts of the building. How many tasting tables are there in the store? So we have three different tea tables. The square foot of the the tea room itself is uh, about 700 square feet, which is which is about the same as we had uh in our old space. Um what the the added added capacity here is is given us a little more flexibility on where we can place our retail section of the business. And so uh, whereas in the past, the retail sort of uh, ran through the tea room. And so uh, you could be having your tea experience in the tea room. And then also people would be walking back, you know, along the sides of the walls and looking at teapots. Having tea here is a little more of a private experience because there's a, there's a clearer separation between the retail area and the tea house area. And so um, those uh, with those experiences separated, people feel a little more comfortable with uh, getting up close and personal with teapots and, and bags of tea, jars of tea, having conversations with our staff over the retail items. And simultaneously, it makes the tea experience when you're sitting down all that more special and private and focused. Younger people coming to tea are seeking distinctive taste. I tell people it's as simple as this. Your grandmother drinks tea. Her grandsons and daughters taste tea. She seeks consistency in a brand that spans 50 years of her life. Her grandchildren are looking for something novel, identifying flavor notes and asking, where was it grown? How was this tea made? Why does it taste this way? Yeah, he, he's, he's looking for an experience every time. I think that's an excellent way of putting it in, in that generational shift. Um. A lot of the younger consumers we have, we're not drinking uh, a, a whole lot of tea. In fact, we had a subscription service here that people said, this is great. My only complaint is I'm getting too much tea. And uh, really what people want is to have that uh, really intentional, really amazing, a profound experience every time. And so if you can create that brush with the sublime, with your products, with your service, with the relationship that you have with your customer, then you're you're really in tune with what folks want. And I think there's a sophistication with the consumer now, since people can learn so much so fast um, with regards to supply chain, with the supply chain of tea, and are going to ask those questions about where this came from. both to satisfy their own, say, moral, philosophical demands of having a, an ethically managed supply chain, but also to satisfy the sort of Epicurean desires of being able to taste the, the terroir, the provenance of this, of this product. With people coming in who have a, a high uh, degree of knowledge, what they're looking for um, it's not only answers to those questions, but a conversation around those questions. So it's not just being able to provide that information, but being able to have a conversation around that information. Because um, people are used to having this conversation, say, in social media uh, and, and over long distances and connections over the Internet um, and getting this information directly from growers. But really, when they come into their local tea shop, they want to be able to 
they want to be able to continue that, share their own preferences, learn more about your own, learn more about your own sourcing approach, and just delight in, in a conversation about something that both of you love. I'd merely provided the first seeds and then entrusted the tea experiment to Taylor. It is undeniable then that Taylor led the way in many developments within the Salon tea economy. And that's a quote from Tea and Empire, James Taylor and Victorian Salon by Angela McCarthy and T.M. Devine. Hello, I'm Kyle Whittington, founder of Tea Book Club. This fascinating book illuminates the all too often overlooked tea region of Salon, present day Sri Lanka. The authors draw on the letters of James Taylor, pioneer and founding father of the Salon tea industry, to explore the life of a Scottish migrant who, through experimentation and determination, forged a new industry out of the ruins of the coffee blight. Through this uniquely complete collection of correspondence, this pivotal time in tea history is revealed through the eyes, thoughts and actions of a key player. For some of the standards, two leaves in a bud, and machines that Taylor developed are still in use around the world to this day. We learn about the decline of the former plantation crops over a number of years in the fight to find a viable replacement, tea. James Taylor's letters home to family, to local friends and newspaper articles of the time are explored and expounded upon by the authors to offer an historical account by someone for whom the creation of tea was not just a vocation, but an avocation too. Uniquely, the story is told as is. That is to say, it is told in and of its time with explanation and exploration of the who, how and why things were as they were centred around the direct views, thoughts and experiences of James Taylor. Unlike other works that look at this period, this book seeks not to offer judgment or rear-view mirror thinking, but merely to show us what was happening at the time and why. First-hand accounts serve to explain and illuminate the period and the people as they were, as they lived, as they thought and spoke. This is the story and experiences of one man who lived through and shaped the birth of an industry. Not because he set out to change the world or get rich, but because he was there, because he worked with and in response to the situations, the place and time in which he found himself. More broadly, this book also explores the legacy of Scottish education and thought that through the Scottish diaspora played such a significant role in the colonial world, particularly in Ceylon. It also looks at the legacy and indeed rediscovery of the legacy of Mr James Taylor and his place in both the history of Sri Lanka and the Ceylon tea industry. Although interesting, thought-provoking and generally engaging to read, there are times when the reading can be a bit dry. Perhaps a case of two different writing styles. But push through those dry bits and you'll be riveted by the fascinating history within. Tea Book Club members agree, an essential book on your tea bookshelf that explores important tea history. Tea Book Club is an international group of tea lovers and readers who meet up virtually each month to discuss the tea books we read. My book reviews are a combination of my own thoughts and those of Tea Book Club members. Here's what Tea Book Club members thought. I'm really glad I read as much as I did. It seems like it's very important history in the history of tea. It being a first-hand account is what really made it interesting. I found it refreshing that the authors don't give Lipton much airspace. This was a book about James and what he did, achieved, and his life. I really appreciated that within the context of Salon at that time. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-biz.com. 
www.thebibleshop.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.